Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's the boys. This is the Community Pub. Hey, and tonight I am drinking the next addition to the Fruity Pebbles gang. Here we go. This is it. If you guys haven't had it, this is climbing up very fast into my uh, repertoire. I have really enjoyed this beer from Founders. It's called Four Giants. It's Tropical Treasure, Tropical Hazy IPA, and it is delicious. Absolutely delicious. If you like to enjoy beers, then you'll probably also like this beer. If you don't like to enjoy beers, just keep drinking high nooners all day. That's all you get. <laughs> high nooners and ultras. That's what you get. Uh, hey, you can find us at hypercleanstore.com or go to the Hyperclean Specialist Group. All these guys are in there. They'd love to interact with you there. All right. So I was working on an interior the other day, and uh, I, I love to use uh, our workaholic towel on the interior. Uh, you can definitely go over with both sides, and some people like the the thinner part, uh, you know, where the microfiber is a little bit uh, more more small, I guess people, some would say, or you've got a bigger microfiber, you know, on the other side. I've always been the guy that likes the longer fibers on microfiber, always have. It wasn't until Nick brought in the leveler that I actually would use that side of the workaholic towel. I love to use the plush, thicker side, but some people love that thin side. So I don't know what kind of guy are you, huh? Are you the thin guy or are you the thick plush guy? Which one are you? Oh man. So uh I will tell you that I am very finicky about my microfiber towels. Um I like the, you know, like a like a 320 GSM, same same on each side, edgeless towel. Love it. Now my second that I use on a daily basis is the Versa towel. I, we use that thing for everything. I'm talking wiping down panel prep. I love them for Eco One. So really finicky there. But tonight I am drinking an Icy Light Mango. This is a great beer. I'm telling you, if you can find it, go get it. I tell you, Icy I, Light I had, Mango. Yeah, I see Light Mango. I don't know if that's an East Coast beer. I think a lot of it's around Pittsburgh, but yeah, I got one for free at the Detail World Grand Opening. the The liquor store next door was had their booth set up, and they were giving out free alcoholic beverages. Standing there, minding my own business, and the dude's like, "Hey, man, you look thirsty." Nah, man, I, I'm good. I'm good. Nah, man, you look like you want a beer. All right, fine, I'll take a beer. <laughs> Now I have a now I have a new favorite beer in the lineup. Hey now. Okay. New favorite beer. We like new favorite beers. Um I'm Brian and uh not to be left out on the fruity pebbles uh, extravaganza train here. I am drinking Ultra. But what I is I actually squeeze some blueberries and some strawberries, a little banana, maybe a little mango inside there, and I put some unicorn dreams inside. <laughs> it's actually oh. beer now. Uh-huh. So now I am the Fruity Pebbles gang. Nicely <laughs> done. With an ultra. Well, that's impressive. <laughs> now, so All right, so, I, yeah. I've always been a thick towel person. 
Uh, I've always liked the Korean plush high GSMs. After uh, talking to Nick back and forth here and there, I've actually gone down to a thin towel. If we're talking ceramic coating, I like a thin towel from my first pass. And I come back with a high blush for my second pass. Interiors, I'm a thick towel guy. I'm, I'm like Mario. I'm just, uh, I like that thick towel inside of a car. I feel like I'm picking up more stuff and, and getting yep. it straight. So that's yeah. kind of. I, I'm with you on that. Like cup holders, you know, stick your finger in the towel, grab a little go around the cup holder. Yep. Right. Out the door, Definitely gonna go grab one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yep. Head down to come and go. Get yourself a coolie. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Just had to sneak that in there. Huh? Was... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Brian. We got Ikea. Uh, all, all the way right. from Hawaii, man. Do you guys have? Uh... You got the ices over there. Is what you're sipping on? Yeah, it's still it's lunchtime here, so I'm drinking a. Uh, blue Five vanilla. Somewhere, man. Come on. Yeah, hey, I, I know. You beat uh, well, me too. I, I gotta, I gotta work after this still. So we got blue vanilla and Coke mixture um, with some lihimoy powder. It's a, that's a local thing. So it's like dried up prune. It's kind of sour, and I don't know. If it just goes on top. It's like a, it's like the Hawaiian version of tahini. I don't know if you guys know tahini is. He just yeah. lost it too. Okay. <laughs> Hey, but hey, they just joined the Fruity Pebbles gang right there. I mean, he put the he put the little fruit on there. Right, pebble. I put the I put the unicorn dust in there. Put the dust on. <laughs> that gang's uh, getting bigger and bigger by the day. <laughs> I know, and it's getting madder and madder. But, <laughs> hey, uh, I love tornadoes or tornadoes. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'll say uh, I'm more. I I feel myself reaching more for a low pile on both interior and exterior. Um, but I will say I use high pile as like my finish on the exterior, like my final wipe down type of stuff. What is it about the low pile you like uh, for the first part? I don't know. I just feel like I have more control of the towel itself. Like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I got small, maybe I got small hands and I, <laughs> I like that Burger King commercial. It's got small hands. Oh, yo, that was the best <laughs> Burger King commercial to this day. It's still one of the best commercials I ever did. <laughs> Uh, I guess though they they modeled them after my hands. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. All I'm right, let's see what's going on you, with cooking with Nick tonight. Yeah. What's up, guys? I'm cooking with Nick. If it's your first time here, I cook a lot, but I also detail a lot. Um, but I don't have a business yet. More on that later. Um, I'm <laughs> drinking Insolito Añejo tequila. Very <gasps> fun. Added a free tequila, um, and I just finished off the bottle. So damn it, now I'm gonna have to go buy more. I'm stuck with bush, regular bush after this. So God help me. Um, spoiler alert, it's great. Um, but we're making smash burgers. You guys have seen me um, make a bunch of smash burger variations the past couple weeks, but I've never actually made legitimate smash burgers. So I'm giving it a rip for the first time. Um, I've got this giant cast iron like piece thing. It, it, I think it's like a, a pizza stone insert for the grill because I can't find my regular griddle. I've got it laying on my grill. I'm about to smash some burgers on it, make them real thin, slap them on, and it's going to be a good time. But as for the towels, I find myself reaching for the low piles pretty much all the time. I like the extra dexterity and, and the feeling I get on the paint. I don't like the feeling of a towel like crumpling underneath my hand. And I just like that extra bite I get, whether it be wiping off compound, um, 
I feel like it just does the job better for what I do, getting in cracks and crevices and things and really jamming my hand into cup holders. For me, it just works better. What about you, Derek? Well, so um, my name's Derek, so everyone's seen me on here before, but tonight I'm probably drinking one of the worst IPs I've ever gotten. It's, it's, it's from uh, <laughs> Asbury Park. It's called Easy Dragon. And I, I bought it because I like their two other IPAs they have. They have Sea Dragon. They have Double Sea Dragon. I figured Easy Dragon, it's a session. How bad can it be? It has a metal aftertaste. So I'm like, mm. it's a 4.6. Maybe that's because it's a little lower on the alcohol, but it just, uh, it's all right. I'm not getting it again, but luckily it only came in a four pack. As for towels, I am a high pile when it comes to anything involving the paint, except when I'm doing coatings. Coatings are low. And then interiors is low. But when it comes to the paint, it's, you know, the 500 on the nice stuff. My thought process is, you know, if I'm going to be touching the paint with anything with sprays or taking off compounds, I want something nice and fluffy to kind of remove it. And then obviously, you know, there's people that think either, you know, use lower for other stuff. But for me, it's, it's all nice stuff for the paint. And then um, anything that's uh, taking off coatings or doing like uh, interiors, it's all low pop. Here's, here's my, that was my exact thought process before. But what I've found is like you, when you have a lower pile towel in the paint, like I was always fearful, like I'm going to scratch paint, GM paint, I'm the Marsha. I just did all this work. But I've, I've found that with that lower pile towel, you don't have to use as much pressure to really pick up the coating to remove it from the paint. That's where I, I've kind of fallen in love with it. Then I take that high pile and just kind of like, you know, come my second pass. But it might be worth trying out sometime, but I do find like that was my biggest fear is, marring that paint that just worked so hard to correct so yeah cool guys thanks uh yeah. so I, i'm curious about this because i think it's going to be a fun one because brian you mentioned uh, as we were talking earlier about well something that uh <laughs> something that you're bailing on right so for me uh i am bailing and it's official and it's official because this past weekend i gave my last one away so makes it official you can definitely check that box i officially am bailing on stouts hmm. pretty easy at summertime right really good call and you got you got plenty of other beers to drink but you bet man i i realized after i'd kept this stout for a while i went boy i've not drank this in over a year like i guess i officially don't really drink stouts anymore and i think it might have even been close to two years so you know the beer was still good it was fine you know some people say you can't drink old beer but it depends. You can, and especially if you've got uh, somebody at your table that says they like dark beers and you go, I've got one more left. You want it? <laughs> Mark, did you so tell me it was two years old? <laughs> well, hey, well, minor details, minor details, but I have officially, officially bailed on stouts. There you go on it, man. Uh, you put me in a kind of blind side of me with that one. I can't think of anything like recent that i'm really bailing on uh Boo, i guess I, get out of here yeah I, I, i'm gonna have to step back <laughs> goodbye this i don't have anything all right brian you're eh. the guy with the big master plan i got something <laughs> my, my uh, poster i guess a text message together was about bailing on certain forums and stuff like that and I've just uh, somebody commented on i saw this on forum blah, 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 and i commented that I, i'm i'm done with that it it's been uh it becomes a headache watching certain things and it's i mean people talk about it all the time it comes toxic almost of uh what you get involved in 
it's almost like the Billy Madison, you know, <laughs> the, the part of the movie where it's like, after listening to this guy talk, everybody is officially dumber now from listening to you ramble on about all this. And it's like, you're not going to fix it. It's like saying you're going to argue with people on uh, whether they're Democrats or Republicans or something. I mean, you get on some of these forums and people just spout off like, I mean, wild things. And there's no convincing anybody otherwise. And also some people, I mean, some of the forums are great and they have great potential, but somebody might ask a really nice question and they just get railroaded. It's like, Jesus, what just happened? So that's kind of why I'm done on uh, a, a lot of forums, which is why, you know, HyperClean is one of, one of the great ones uh, that you can go on and always get help and talk. I mean, everybody's so cool in there. It's it's rare you find, you know, something off the off the wall where people are just kind of like at each other. So I honestly, I can't think of a time it happened, but I'm sure it's happened sometime. I mean, the odds are always in there. So, Well, we'll make sure to go after you then whenever you... <laughs> I will rail yeah, on you. That would be, that'd be great. I appreciate it. <laughs> so what about, I mean, you know, specifically in the forums is just the drama. Huh? It's just everything that people talk about, the negativity as well as the, the BS. Like I'm with you. It, it almost becomes like a waste of time because it it's always, which Derek, we've talked about this, right? It, it seemed to be in some of those, like, it's just the same thing over and over. Like, it's like Groundhog Day. You literally just see the same stuff over and over and you just kind of keep, I used to really love to go in there and help people. Like, at least I thought I was right. Like give them a real good answer and like talk through it. And it's like the next day I would have to say the same thing to somebody else. And then the same thing three days later, it's like, wait, this is really not going anywhere. Right. I mean, uh, when Brian was talking about that, we literally had a, uh, I was telling you guys, we had a post where somebody had asked, you know, the you know, typical, they'll screenshot uh, a customer conversation that they had, a text message going back and forth, and he had posted about, you know, how much he charged the customer. And it, he was just asking, like, what would you guys would have done? And the first comment was basically telling this guy, he's a piece of junk, he shouldn't charge. Him. And I'm like, whoa, like the guy just has, and like I said, it just evolved into madness. And after a while, but I was telling you guys, now when I go in them, it's just to kind of pick, cherry pick some information, but I don't really spend too much time in them anymore, especially the one. But uh, our group seems to be pretty, pretty easy going. Like anyone can ask a question. It's usually never a problem. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that, that's kind of where I would want to piggyback is I, I actually just recently removed myself from a lot of those Facebook groups um, because one, it's a lot of repetitive stuff. Two, when you try to help, it just, you know what I mean? One, you're repeating yourself all the time. And like three, it's just, it just becomes really toxic. And it just, there's so much keyboard warriors. Anybody can say anything, right? Online. And it just, it becomes really toxic. And then I just, it wasn't beneficial anymore for me. So. Kiki, do you think it's kind of that way for most of social media? Do you think that there's a lot of withdrawal currently from social media in general because of all that? No, I wouldn't say as a whole from social media, but I, I will say those forums have, there's been a lot less engagement I've noticed. Um, so we've been, just, we've been chatting that around back and forth inside of uh, HyperClean as, is there a kind of a, a withdrawal from society around certain social medias and, you know, maybe even social media altogether. Could there be a, a big flip turn back to the way we used to be? I, I don't know. It's just fun to talk about, right? Like 
could we ever completely withdraw from something that completely latched us in? I, I don't know if we can. Uh, I wouldn't say that we could because it's, it just makes information, whether it's true or false, so readily available, right? <laughs> so uh, I think that's kind of the, the epitome of, of social media in when, itself. When politicians get to use social media to win <laughs> elections, it'll never go away. No, uh, yeah. no. I mean, yeah. I mean all those damn wildfires were happening. That's how I found out about it because people were posting pictures and I'm like, what the hell? And then apparently we're supposed to get some more on Friday now. So, yeah. Oh, God. I will say, stepping away from arms and stuff, there is one thing I have built on, and it's a bit more of a personal thing. I build on cannabis use, totally. I used to use some um, recreationally, just lightly here and there. I build on it totally, just for the, the mental clarity boost and health boost. My God, my life has improved like crazy in the past two weeks. It's only been like two weeks since I've, since I've um, failed, but like, dude, immediate immediate like boost in work ethic um and just all around benefits so i think i'm going to be bailing from this for it's not ever a, a long long time but yeah nicely done man uh i know people that bailed on smoking we'll talk about that you know as, as i used to be inside of dealerships a lot so many people inside of dealerships smoke and you'd go you know just pull up and you'd see everybody outside doing a little smoke break and you'd always go chat yeah. with them and see how everybody's doing and it's like Boy, when they would stop, you know, as the big vape craze came out years and years ago and people would stop smoking and start vaping, boy, it was awesome to see how much they changed inside of themselves and mentally and physically began to progress. Uh, hey, Brian, I want to pick your brain on something else. I know I kind of mentioned you earlier, but, you know, there's <laughs> there's something else you talked about that I really would like to to dive in a little bit heavier on with you and you know then we'll get into let everybody else chop it up and, and express uh, their views but you know you we all have customers right we're all on business we all have customers and some customers though we wish we didn't have and you've evidently learned a way to go hey i i don't want to deal with this customer and i i really just don't want them at all i mean uh there's always you know somebody that we don't like or something that happens but kind of give us your kind of how did this happen did it boil up was there a customer like how did you get to the point where you go hey i'm gonna i'm gonna not take some customers uh, i mean it's a slow progression i mean like i've talked about before i've been doing this for you know well, 28 years or something so it, it's not like an overnight thing I mean, I, I was the guy who took every job. I thought I needed to take every customer. I didn't want to turn somebody away. I didn't want to be the guy that customers were like, well, they want to work on my car because they don't know how to, or they're not good enough. I mean, I literally dealt with a scenario today. Um, it's, you have this mindset, you want to satisfy everybody and you want to do a good job and you want to, you don't want to be the guy that said, I couldn't do it, but you'll find very quickly those customers that become a problem within the first five minutes of talking to them are going to be a problem forever. You're going to be married. Okay, so what do you what do you look for? What's those early red flags? How would we know? When you answer a question, they tell you a different answer. They they ask you, um, let's say, what is the silica dioxide content of the coating? And you start explaining, well, that's not really, you know, what makes the coating great or not great. I mean. Makes good. Well, I read online. I, I I've I've talked to this guy. I've talked to this guy. Okay. Well, um, 
or if they ask you, what is your warranty right off the bat? What is your warranty on the coating? Well, we don't really warranty the coating per se. We, this is uh, coatings are described in in mileage or years. It's a it's just how it's described. It's no different than anything else. It's not a guarantee. Well, I, I know so and so does it for this. You know, I I know these guys ten years guarantee. Well, that's not how it truly works. You know, if they if they're constantly combative right off the bat, I right there start working them out of my store or off the phone. I, I'm not rude. I'm not anything. I just start slowly working them away that maybe this isn't for you without saying it. Maybe this is not the shop for you. Well, if you've, if you, this shop will do it for you, I think they do do good work. Um, from what I've heard, I've not had anything done, but from what I hear, they do good work. So if that's the route you want to take, maybe that's a better route for you. I mean, you don't ever want to be rude and be like, get the hell out of my store, or this, you know, this or that. But there's a, you just want to work people away from you that you know are just going to be an issue. And it it took me a long time. I mean, I'm not saying that I was like, I knew right off the bat, like, I know how to do this. I'm a business owner. It, it took me a long time to realize it, that there's just customers you don't want because you will be married to that job and you will be giving money back. You will be doing work for free. And then they will go on rants about this or that or whatever the case may be, because that's what they do with everything. We go to dinner and they gripe about, you know, the spaghetti wasn't warm enough or, you know, they go to Home Depot and the wood wasn't good enough. I mean, it's just what they do. So, so, so how did you, when, did you get to a point financially? Did you get to a point in years? You said you used to take every job. How did you know it was time to stop taking these customers? Probably the stress of it. Probably just seeing the loss of money. I mean, everything, look, I don't detail because it's the greatest job in the world. And I, I just would detail for free. I detail for money. I detail because my business needs to make money. I like having money and I want to make money in my business. I don't want to lose money. I never want to lose money. And those customers cost you money. And sooner or later you realize, and it was, you know, you start seeing stuff. Yeah, I took the job. I got a thousand bucks. Cost me two grand. Because the guy's come back. I washed his car once. I spent time with him. I've been on the phone. I took water spots out. I did this and that. He's still displeased. And it's now I've spent another thousand dollars of labor and time just trying to make this guy happy. I could have just wrote him off and been fine with it. And, you know, but yes, when you're starting off, you want to take every job because you need money. That's why we take every job. It's still about money. It's not we're taking every job because I just love detail. You're taking that job because you're like, well, I need that. $500,000, $1,500, whatever the case may be, to keep, to build this company. And it gets to a point, it is tough when you start out, but a certain, a certain point when you start realizing what it's costing you, that's when it changes. All right. Akika, what about you? Because, I mean, you have people that come in the store and you can immediately know, sort of like what Brian said, you can kind of just pick out that these people are going to be problems or how do you handle the the problem customers do you can you pick them out do you do you kick them out of the store do you you know you always have some really funny videos i imagine your guys would probably trying to do something crazy and make them run out of the store or something right? <laughs> i wish it was as easy as just being rude and kicking them out no it kind of kind of what brian said you kind of talk them down um and it, i i usually like if somebody comes in and one of my one of my guys gets them i kind of interject myself politely into the conversation and I'll take it. And it's, it's weird. I have this thing where I'll talk to them, but I'll start to walk 
towards the front door <laughs> like slowly like it's almost like we're you know we're talking and like you know they're asking questions of whatever and i'm and the next thing you know we're kind of by the front door and then uh there's no like sentence that i say is like oh yeah you know okay well thank you for coming or anything it just it kind of like i let the conversation naturally progress and i don't know if they see that oh whoa how did we get to the front door and then they kind of get the hint or whatnot but like for detailing wise when i used to detail uh when i had customers that would come and i didn't want to do the job i a either just flat out said oh that's um what you're asking is out of my scope of practice and i don't feel comfortable doing it even though i probably could have done it because that i mean at that level they kind of maybe they're like oh i respect that he's being honest and then they're gonna go somewhere else or i just quote them really really high kind of like out of the park and then if for some god awful reason they say yes it's like well shit uh i guess <laughs> i'll i guess i'll do the job but now i'm getting like all this money for it like i guess yeah i'll just bite the bullet on this because i'm making a lot more than i i would have you know like make it bearable the price was high enough that it was I, i'll just do it yeah sure i can appreciate that you going in and stepping in the i think the the hardest part for being an owner is to see one of your team members take abuse like yeah. that. It's, it's terrible. So big, big, uh, big props to you. There are some people that just let their team members die on the, the sword. And it's like, <laughs> Hey man, like, no, be, be the boss, be the, be the big dog and, and go take care of it. I, well, I, I can really appreciate that, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I, I, I'm going to laugh about that for days to come. You just walk towards the door, by the way. <laughs> that's going to stick with me. I'm going to have to put that into practice sometimes. But, uh, it works. It does work. Dude, I have to now. I have to. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we went through this with a, with a customer who brought us multiple vehicles, and we always went above and beyond for this guy. And uh, he ended up – I get a call from one of my guys. Hey man, this this guy's here like accusing us of putting these scratches or these chips in in his front bumper and all this. And then the dude's calling me. Hey man, are you around? We got a problem. And so I said, "Listen, this is the second time you've accused us of something. I'll be there in ten minutes. Show up at the shop, or, or not? I didn't even get to the shop, and he's calling me back saying, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." After losing his shit on the phone after my guy showed him the inspection video. So, and then I just said, Hey man, uh, we're not a good fit. Um, this is twice. Now you've accused us of damaging your vehicle. We always go above and beyond for you. No hard feelings, but this is where we part ways. Um, and, and that's it. I'm, I'm not sugarcoating anything, but, and then like you said, um, if I really don't want a job, I'm going to quote it high as shit and hope that they don't bite. I mean, we, I think I texted you guys. We had one uh, recently where the guy had called and uh, he was one of those customers that just, he just knew he wanted a ceramic coating. Like he just, that's all he wanted. He didn't care about, he just, he saw that you should get them. So he had to get them. So, you know, I'm going through the normal routine of explaining like, okay, just what, what's your maintenance look like? And the guy look goes like, oh, well, doesn't the bottle say it lasts three years? And I'm like, well, yeah, with well, uh, maintenance and like, I'm even trying to use like, he still didn't get it. So I'm trying to use like, I, I use a lot of like, um, not a, 
like a, I don't know what it's called, but I use a lot of examples to kind of break it down and make it easier for people to understand. So I'm like, listen, man, you don't go to the gym one time and you come out of the gym looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger and then you stay looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger the whole year. And then you go to the gym the next year and you, you're still strong. And the guy was like, oh, that's, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, bro, you do know what I'm talking about. It's not that hard to understand. Like if you go, you don't just do something one time and then it's great for three years. Like, like you have to maintain it. So he's like, listen, that's, I always thought coatings were a scam. Then I'm like, I'm like, no, they're not. I mean, like, I wash my truck and I keep take care of it once a month and it looks great. I mean, like you, you, you uh, and I look at them going, bro, you even thought my truck was brand new and it's a 2016. It's been, it's coated and I take care of it. That's why it looks good. But to him, so obviously I wanted the job kind of like Brian said, I wanted to get, you know, the guy wanted to get a Sparta job and I'm like, yes, like this is another one. Like, hurrah, like I'm all excited, but I just knew that this was going to be a goddamn headache. I'm like, I know when I, when I start saying things like, listen, like, you know, can you wash your car once a month? And the guy's like, I don't think so. I'm like, okay, well, can I wash your car once a month? And he's like, oh man, that's why I'm thinking it's a scam, man. Like, why do I have to have you come back? And I'm like, listen, man, like, you know what? You're not a shredded coding customer. And he like, was like, what do you mean? Like, don't you do it? I was like, you know what? How about we just put a spray seal on or something real simple on your car and maybe someone else can coach your car. And he was just like, so like drained. And I really wanted it. He put it on my website and I was so excited to do this. And I'm just like, it'd just be a goddamn headache. Cause I've done cars like that before, where we took the guy's money. We coded the car three days later. I get a phone call. Hey man, it's not beating that well. I go, there's no way there's no way. So I go to the guy's job and he lives kind of far from me and his, he worked at a body shop and his, Two, the two wash guys are using like brushes to wash the car. Like, what are you doing? This is literally what I said not to do. But I, I wanted this guy's money at the time. And I'm just like, you know what? Never again. That was the last time. That was a couple of years ago. And I said, never again. If I get those red flags or too many of those flags, I'm just like, I'm out. Like you go have, find someone else and be someone else's problem. I'm not dealing with it. Well, as far as you're saying, like coming off the scan, like do you guys think at any point, like we talk about warranties, we talk about guys complaining about scams, strand coding doesn't last in 10 years, 15 years, lifetime, in one year, two years. Do you think at a point ceramic coating will just become ceramic coating like wax was? Do you think at any point that I got my car ceramic coated and there will not be any years, guarantees or anything? I just got my car ceramic. No different than it's gonna be a car wax. I think so too, because we hear it now. We have people that just call a ceramic coating. They don't, they don't say years. So I do think that it will happen, but yeah. I think it's like VR. And I think it's still a long ways off. Sure, like but... I hope to get a VR set this year for Christmas, but you know, how long has VR been out until now? I'm just no. now getting right. Like, I think it's going to take a long time. Like, I think people will still put years and still do stuff and they'll still for many for many many years yeah, maybe 10 be a while yeah. maybe another decade or so and then it, it just kind of goes off into that wouldn't that there's got to be the next though? thing though right there's got to be the. it would be simple but there's got to be the next thing i say that at the same time though we still say sealants only last three to six months right but you're, you're talking now the next thing could possibly be i mean not to terrify everybody the next thing could be a new paint system. That's just, that's it. Like you get a paint system that it's an indestructible paint system for 10 years mm -hmm. that you don't have to do anything to it's yeah. whether it's, I mean, I don't want to say ceramic infused, but it might be a whole new product other than ceramic. I mean, you might have a paint system Agreed. where 
companies have been like, all right, well, PBG comes out with something we can just paint. You don't got to do a damn thing to it. You wash it. It's protected. It lasts 10 years minimum and you don't got to wax. You don't got to do anything. And now you just destroyed the whole protection market, whether it's, it's a hard paint that takes chips or anything. I mean, you, you do not know what someone's going to develop that sitting in a basement or wherever in a, in a paint company that it might, might be. So it's, it's wild. What could have been, I mean, like I've told Nick before, I mean, if you had told me 15 years ago that, Hey, there's going to be a product you can make $1,500 doing a car. I've been like, you're, you're an idiot. I mean, it just, it's what it was. Yeah. I'm with you. And I, I think that there will be something. It's, it was actually something Derek, you remember we, I used to play around with is, could you actually go put something on paint and completely fix the car as a detailer by just wiping something off on and then buffing it off? So we actually tried to work on, could you repaint the car as a detailer? So I, I agree, Brian, I, there will be something, which is why I said until the next thing comes, I think it'll stay the way it is, but we have to get the next thing. I think in order for people to kind of like phase out of that, you know, we, we got to get, some of the people to die off in a sense, right? There's gotta be some of this that, that kind of fades off into the distance. Well, one thing I was gonna say that you, instead of years, I think a lot of coding, I mean, a lot of code com- coding companies now aren't talking about hardness anymore. Like it's not even, even if like a new product comes out, it's right. not even in the conversation. Like they don't even like mm-hmm. mention it. They just say it's going to last how long. It's not even a subject. And I don't even mention it to customers either. And I actually have customers that don't even talk about it when they come in looking for coatings. They don't even say like, oh, how hard is it? Like, I, I haven't heard that until this week. And I talked to a guy from Kuwait looking to bring in our products. And he asked about the pencil hardness. And I was like, Uh-oh. whoa. Oh, I haven't heard that. Wow. Like, okay, man, let me explain what the laboratory means by putting a pencil, you know, into a very minute spot and pressing. That doesn't mean that, you know, you got some amazing coating. Like pencil hardness really doesn't do much to real world. Sometimes you need flexibility. You don't always need hardness. So, you know, having both actually is more beneficial in my opinion. So that is crazy though. Did you tell me it was 42 hey, hardness? Yeah, 42, 42. <laughs> when, when we did the, the was last, uh, let's say when we did the last training, um, we had a guy uh, ask about the hardness. So when I explained to him that like a lot of it is the pencil test, a lot of the people in the class were like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. Like, and someone happened to have a pencil on them and I literally was like snapping it. Like, that's it. Like, it's not <laughs> extremely hard. Like, it's literally a pencil. And that's the hardness of these coatings. The dude was like, oh, I never thought of it like that. And I'm like, yeah, bro. Like, Yeah. Hey, I got an update for the foo for y'all. I think you're going to like this. Been on the grill for a minute. I just pulled everything off. I got a triple smash burger on my plate. And, triple. And it's pretty heck and beautiful. Triple. Let me switch this camera around. Mm. Come on, camera. All right, smash burger. So did you... You just grab a regular ground beef. Did you grind up anything? What'd you do? 80-20 ground beef. Um, no seasoning on it to begin with. Um, sorry, my camera's not flipping around here. My phone looks like it is not wanting to work at all. Anyway, I'll post it to the Instagram as usual and post it to the HyperClean uh, specialist group. But really, you just get the, your balls of ground beef. 
Um, you ball them up. You don't really have to season them any to begin with because um, they're going to be smashed so thin. But I'll smash it with a little burger smasher on the griddle, season it with salt as it gets on there, um, and a little fresh ground black pepper as it's sizzling away. Give it about 90 seconds each side after you've smashed it. 90 seconds, flip, 90 seconds, take it out and put your cheese on it and repeat until you have as many patties as you want and assemble as live as you can. And that's what I did. So very, very, very simple process, just high heat and go from there. Yeah, that char on the burger, I mean, you, you can see it look like a McDonald's burger. That's what you go, mm, okay, that's why it tastes so good. The, uh, yeah. the thing I did this weekend, Nick, that was fun is I ground up some picanha made some picanha burgers, Ooh. some picanha smash burgers. Mm. But then I, I rocked their world, man. I rocked their world. I put oh, it jealous, man. inside of a Krispy Kreme donut. Oh, my no, God. No, no, what? That's oh, gross. my no, dude. God. That's gross. Mm. So good. So good. You got that <laughs> sweetness followed by the saltiness of the, the meat. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Ostracizing the Fruity Pebbles game quickly, Marty. I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, Derek, what should I do with it? I should uh, something. Uh, the, oh, uh, cock the bell, man. Yeah, that's what I should do on it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but you guys keep saying it's funny. All right, so speaking of beef, because uh, we were just talking about beef, we can many times have some beef with people, right? Have some beef. Now, that was a great song back in the day. If any of you guys remember it, the little notorious B.I.G. had a song called Beef. So, great song. What beef do you guys have? Listen, I'm going to go ahead and say my beef, and we got two beefs that you can have. You have beef with the, it's all about the what's, what's the price guy, right? You got the what's the price guy, and you got the other people online always asking, hey, what should I charge, right? So, you can go either way on this. You can go, what's the price guy, or... You know, what should I charge guy, whichever you want to go. I'm going to what's your price guy because I just get, I, I don't even have a, a patience for it anymore because, you know, it used to be, Hey, what's the price on your ceramic coating? It's like, Hey, I got multiple ceramic coatings. Have you looked at which one you were talking about? Oh, let's do the Uno. Okay, man. I, I got three sizes of Uno. Which size are you looking for? I don't know. What's the price dude? just go look at them, right? Like, that always has killed me. And it, it really in distribution is where it really began to rub my hide because I'd go into dealerships, I'd be dropping off stuff. And somebody would be like, hey, man, uh, what's the price of such and such? And I'm like, really? Dude, I, got, I don't know how many hundreds of products I have. Apologies, man. I, I'm just not that smart to go remember all of these products and prices that I have. Give me just a moment. And that's early on when I realized I needed to get on some technology and put all my stuff onto an app, put all my stuff into a, and I wasn't on iPhone there. I was on one of those old Samsung, right? The early one, Samsung's. It was actually the one, if you guys remember the story, I've actually set out on Black Friday one time, one time on Black Friday, and that was to get a tablet back in the day. This would have been like 2011, I think, 11 or 12, just to get this tablet. And that, that changed my world. Because then I could walk away from the, what's my price guy? And they're like, dude, got the website, go look at it. Or you're going to have to hold on while I look it up. And then I just make them sit there and wait and do something. I was like, this is terrible. I can't stand that guy. What's your guy's beef? What, what do you guys have beef with? So I've got beef with the uh, the price shoppers. The customers who are, like you said, 
customers who are always asking price. I'll get people that go through our Google ad, which has a website link, you know, so they can go there and look at the damn price. No, they want to call me, waste my money from that Google ad after they had searched detailing near me. We're the ones that pop up first, and then they call me, hey, what do you charge? Oh, my, well, back in my day, I only had to spend $125 to get a full detail buff and wax. That's crazy. I'm in the wrong business. And then Damn, you got West Virginia, you got 125 bucks back in the day? Brian, jeez, oh, what did we get, 75 I didn't even get 100 I don't think. So <laughs> y'all were getting 125 man. Hey, man, I, I don't even good. know it. It's like, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, well, I got to take some. I got to make sure I make some of that money back that you just spent and wasted my time with. <laughs> and was that a West Virginian doing a West Virginian accent, by the way? That, that was. That was. Did it? Did it sound? Beautiful. Did it sound good? Did we sound good? <laughs> it was pretty good. I was like, wow, we Perfect. took it. We took it deeper. I didn't know there was deeper. <laughs> that was gorgeous, man. Like Inception. My uh, my beef, uh, and today I dealt with it just today. My beef is with liars. I I cannot stand a liar, and cars aren't so bad. But when you get in the boat market, people lie like you wouldn't believe. It, the biggest joke is it's in good shape, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. comprehend that. I'm going to see your boat. I'm going to come down or I'm going to be there. So why are you lying to me on the phone? Oh, it's good shape. You know, I take care of it every year. I get it done. Oh, I've got professional. Literally had a guy tell me, I got professional guys take care of it every year. Then why are you calling me? So we schedule, we schedule this job hour and 15 minutes away. And, and look, I, I'm an odds guy. I don't, I don't have customers come in, give you an estimate. I don't have guys say, you got to bring this to me, whether it's car or boat, I'll give you a price, what you want done. Unless they are truthful with me. If they're like, look, man, my car is beat up. I don't know what it's going to need. Okay, great. Uh, bring it in. Let's sit down and look at it. But we don't, we don't have every customer come in and give you an estimate. We, we play the odds that, okay, we can kind of talk to you on the phone. Same with boats. Hour and 15 minutes away, we lo we load up guys, trailer, everything, go down and work on this boat, 38-foot edgewater, huge boat. Get down job site, boat's destroyed. I mean, I mean, when I talk destroyed, it's completely destroyed. I have to leave job site, drive all the way back home. Now we got two and a half hours of man time, you know, multiple employees, trailers, gas, fuel, everything. Come home, call the guy up. Hey, I got another company, does wet sanding, does all this stuff. Man, they'll take care of you. Okay, let, 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 let him call me. Call my guy, send him videos of the boat and everything. Guy sends him a quote and he says, well, it's not that bad. <laughs> you, gotta, <laughs> you gotta come down and see it. There's no way it should cost that much money. It, it sh I mean, you gotta see the boat. It shouldn't cost that money. My guy literally replied to him, if DIY will not do that boat, it's that bad. <laughs> And, <laughs> and that that was the end of the conversation. The guy didn't call back. Oh, he knew. He knew. That's perfect. I'm gonna steal that whenever I get up and going. But after I mean, after lying to me, he decides to lie to another company. This <laughs> whole situation. Bro, Brian, it just needs a good waxing, man. It just just needs a little something. Just needs a good <laughs> waxing. Yeah, a little high tech wax on it, baby. 
Yeah, that's my, that's my beef is with lying. I can't stand people. I mean, it's one if you want to lie that you never might not get caught. But look, man, I'm going to see your car, but whatever it may be. So why are you lying to me? <laughs> yeah. All right. So my beef, uh, being that I run a retail store, is people that ask about prices. I have price tags in front of everything. Um, uh, one, one example for just happened this morning was this guy came in, I was like, Hey, how's it going? He goes, how much is your tire shine? <laughs> and I, I, I literally, I turn around, I look at my entire shop. That's 1200 square feet of 30 different brands. And I said, well, uh, what kind of tire shine are you looking for? He goes, ah, no, the one you put on the tire. How much is that? <laughs> oh, God, sorry. Uh, if if I didn't want to sock this guy, it is. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're getting you know, I, you know, I I bite my lip and I say, "Well, what are you looking for? You know, are you looking for oil base, water base." He goes, "Ah, just one. I make my tire real wet." And I'm like, how much is? Oh. And he kept he kept repeating himself. Yeah, how much? How much? Is how much every, is it? uh-huh. <laughs> it's like he just wanted. I should have just said, "Ah, forty bucks." I don't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. But do you, do you uh, have the anyway. guys like? I can't, you know the guys that come in and you already know, like, I know specific people that um, they always, and they're locals, they, every time, they've even bought the product before. And they'll say, hey, how much is that? Dude, it <laughs> didn't change from two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you get those, those regulars. That, I, I don't know. I feel like it's just like a, I don't want to say a defense mechanism, but it's just like a habit. Like they just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I have more beef with the people that reach out on social media when they ask about, like, I'll post a video about a product and then they'll, um, they'll ask, oh, how much is it? I don't have beef with that. And then I'll send them the link from our website that has a picture of the product and all they have to do is click it, it has a product description and the price real big. And I send that to them. I see that they see it and I go, yeah, yeah, that's the one. How much is it? And I'm like, Oh my God. I wish I could punch you through this phone right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This literally happened to me this morning. And I almost wrote, bro, if you can't click the link, I can't help you. But I just, I, <laughs> I respectfully wrote how much the product was. I did the same thing. And to the point where it even, you know, on Instagram, it shows like a picture of the link right. and it shows the product. And he goes, How much was this? Or, or, or can you ship that to me? I go, bro, you need to click on the link. And like, I, I can't help you. If you can't figure this out, like dig it off your phone, throw it in the garbage. It's not for you. It's not for you, bro. Yeah. I got I to gotta step in here and, and, and add some context as, as somebody who is not a business owner yet and somebody who's watching and kind of learning this. It, from what info I'm, I'm gathering, it seems like all these customers that are asking, what's the price? What's the price? What's the price? Those seem to me like customers that are uninformed and customers that do not have the context that we as professionals have as to what is worth it and what certain things cost. If I'm a customer and I have no idea what the hell I'm doing, the first thing I'm asking is, what's the cost of this? What's the investment that I need to make for it? And I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. So that's when I would take the advantage as a professional to inform them of this is what we have to offer. This is what it does, and this is why it's worth it. And that's where you start the prize conversation. What do you think, Mike? Absolutely right. Absolutely right. The problem is, is when you've heard it a thousand times, 
Absolutely right. That's Again, where yeah. that's that's where you just go. Come on, man. Like, I gotta have this conversation again with another idiot. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Multiple ways for them to see a price. I mean, whether it's website or it's your booking system or it's anything, whether it's your Facebook posts or Instagram posts, there's multiple avenues to see prices. I mean, if you if you don't have a website, you don't have you know any way for anybody to see anything. Well, then, yeah, people want to know the prices. But if you have things, I mean, we're very open. Our, I mean, our website, we put prices. Our starting price is this, blah, blah, which are car prices. It's all there. They can click on our booking site and log in and see every price there is. So when it's when it's just constant, well, what's your price? Mm-hmm. I want a customer that wants to know, well, what are you guys doing? What's what, what do you guys provide for this yeah. job? If they're just worried about price, we're probably not the place for them. And you're probably not the and place for them. price is only price. Yeah, I mean, if someone's just looking for a price, they're just looking for a deal. I mean, that, that's honestly, yeah. like, no different. I mean, I got a retail store, and too, and if they start, what's price, what's price? They're looking for a deal. They're thinking you're going to, uh, oh, that guy's concerned about the price, so I'm gonna, maybe I'll give him a little off or something or help him out, which is not going to happen, but that that's these people have played this game multiple times other places. They, they, they just want to try to get that deal. It's for those of you who own businesses, is this like a majority of your customers or is this like a small, it's just nothing. Very small. (laughs) That's good. tell, (laughs) Tell me this. What do you guys, now that you have been in the place of dealing with customers who are always price shopping, when you go somewhere to buy something and it's something that you want, you know, you want, and you know, say for instance, you're, you're going to buy, uh, for example, when I went to go buy my new dirt bike, my buddies work at that shop, they're salesmen. I didn't go in there and be like, Hey, I, I want a deal. I've been buying shit here for 10, you know, 10, 15 years. I just went in, and br- in there and bought it. Like, that's what I want. I don't want anybody haggling me on price. So I'm not going to go haggle somebody else. Do well, you see different. it from that point of, you know, that point of view nowadays? No, because yeah. it, one, it'd be one thing if you walked into Lowe's and you could haggle a price. That would be established. It'd be, or if you walked into Walmart and you knew you could haggle a price on anything in Walmart, well, now you've established how this works. Dealerships, car dealerships, whether motorcycles, whatever, notoriously, that's what you do. You don't play sticker. Now that's changed, obviously, in the past three years. Now you pay ten thousand over sticker, but it that was that's been established that you don't pay sticker. Retail has never been other than a farmers market, which even farmers market. I mean, a swap meet's about where you haggle at, and for somebody to walk in because you're a mom and pop store to tell you what they're going to pay is very wild to me. Like it's and you're you're not talking about. Like dirt balls walking in your store. I'm talking about doctors. Are these older people, or are they are? What do you think they're an old? Oh, is it across the board? Across the board, yeah. Across the board, they, think, they think because like you're not a big corporate company, they can come in and and kind of like haggle with you. Or, like you need them so bad that well, I'm just going to pay what I want. And it's it's almost like they don't take you seriously. No different than the here here's the deal. A mobile detailer will get beat up. 10 times more than a guy that has a retail front. I mean, it's, it's night and day. I got, I got mobile guys. I sell to all day long. They go do a job. Guy comes outside, 
job was $200. He comes out, he's like, well, I'm thinking like 150 after he's done. When they walk in the store, they are paying that bill because they are in a retail store. They're walking in a brick and mortar. They will never tell you that I don't think I should have to pay this price. But a mobile guy will get beat up constantly by somebody because they're in a truck or a van, whatever, and they think, oh, well, he just, you know, it's kind of side hustle or something. And they'll get, they'll try to work on And it's just different. At my store, we have a okay. saying that kind of encapsulates this and a lot of other scenarios. And that saying is customers are going to customer that they're just going to be difficult sometimes. And of course, everybody as a business owner or anybody in <laughs> any kind of sales position is going to want the customer that knows what they want, is okay with the price and just says, all right, I want this. I'm cool with this. Get it done. I'll pay you. We're good. Goodbye. But the reality is that's not every customer. And that's <laughs> what I'm trying to gauge before I go into it as like, what can I expect in terms of how often that's going to be and what that's going to look like when I have those conversations. But yeah. Yeah. Like so I, I, I like that. And I like what you asked earlier and Dustin kind of tried to talk about it. And I, let me throw this out to Ikeka uh, because of what he said, right? Like, and yeah. And you started, as you said, as a mobile detailer, then you went into another store and then now you've been able to go into the, the place you're at now. Right. Like, mm -hmm. There had to have been a journey for you. There was for me, definitely, as well, Dustin was talking about, he goes into a place and now he doesn't ever try and haggle. He doesn't ever try and ask for it. He wants a good, clean exchange. He wants to make sure it's a win-win for both parties. Is that? Did you come to a bridge through that? Was that how did you learn that? Because for me, I, I think it's an ownership mentality is what I think it is. I think that as you become an owner and grow into your business, you begin to value exchanges that are simple, clean, win-win. So you don't really want to go into a place and try and haggle with somebody or ask for something because you want that to be the value. You want it to meet the mark. You want it to be a great exchange. You want everything to go smooth because that's what I want in my business. So it, did you come to a point in that? How did you journey through it? Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. It's like, I, I think because now I'm an owner and I know the cost of everything and this and that. And so when I go places to buy stuff, I kind of like envision myself of owning that business or talking to that, you know, it's like, yeah, like one big thing that I, I always hold with high regard is I have a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs too. And real friends don't ever ask friends for a discount, you know, mm. never. Like, I mean, I, that should be a golden rule with everybody. Like nobody should ever go into a business and ask for a discount straight away. Like that's one, I feel that's a hundred percent rude, you know, <laughs> like, like I will take care of you if I feel, you know what I mean? Like it's, it should come naturally. And it's not like almost forced where a customer comes in and says, yeah, uh, I want this iPhone. Uh, what's the cheapest you can get it for me for? You know, that's just weird. I don't know. But that's just people, customers are going to customer, right? But anyway, yeah. it's, I love that too. I think that's great. <laughs> customers going to customer. <laughs> yeah, I think it was when I when I started my detailing business back like eight, nine years ago. And when I understood the cost of things and running a business is kind of where I guess that bridge to where like I didn't, 
I don't think I really ever haggled anybody <laughs> like for discounts or anything like that. Like I, I valued money and I like, if I thought it was overpriced, I just didn't buy it. Plain and simple. That's, you know, it's just like, well, that's either out of my budget or I really don't want to pay that. So I guess I don't need it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. I like it. All right, guys. Great conversation. It's time to tab out, though. I'm going to be enjoying as I've finished off my second uh, Founders for Giants Tropical IPA. Definitely a must grab. I'm telling you, everybody go find it. Founders is enough of a beer that's out and about that uh, you should be able to find this. Really nice flavor to it. Simple and easy, clean. I'm going to finish off, though. Here we go. There's our boy. Voodoo oh, Ranger. We're going to finish oh, off with some Voodoo Ranger. Juicy Force IPA, Imperial <laughs> Hazy, 9.5%. For all the Fruity Pebbles game, Yeehaw. listen, we're at 9.5. So Nick, we can Nick, be fruity all we want. Godspeed, brother. <laughs> Time to tap out, though. All right, guys. So. Uh, this question tonight, I'm sure this has happened to the best of us. You know, we're out there trying to do a good job for somebody. We're trying to do kind of go above and beyond. And tonight, I need you guys to tell me a story about when you were doing a solid for a customer and then it backfired on you. So for me, quite recently, uh, we had a lady who called me and said it was a full detail. Um, and she said her interior wasn't too bad. So I show up, and I'm sure you guys might have saw the video, but uh, she had some kind of AC leak in the car at one point, and all the coins and stuff that was metal on the lower panels of the car were rusted. And I'm talking like all the seat tracks were rusted, even the steering track, the, the, the column going down, the metal was rusted. I even found a spoon in the back of this woman's car that was, <laughs> I pulled it out of the seat track, and the whole thing was rusted knock on her door. I give her back the spoon. She goes, oh, I'm going to polish this up and reuse it. I'm like, ma'am, I would, I would not. That's trash for my book. But um, I thought I was doing her a solid and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to charge her too much. You know, I'll just have her at the normal price and it's okay. She told me it wasn't that bad. I should have known right then when the customer says it's not that bad. At the end of the detail, you know how um, when you're doing like a basic job, you know, she didn't want to get the car clayed. The first thing this woman does when she comes out of the car is she puts her hand on the paint and goes, oh man, it's kind of rough. And I'm looking at this lady like, but your interior was garbage. Like, and I, I didn't want to, at this point it was late. She did give me a good tip. So it kind of worked out, but I'm literally just like the, the first thing you look at was the, the rough paint and not the fact that you had rust all in your interior. But you know what? It was a referral from another customer, but I kind of felt like it backfired on me. I should have just shut up and, and not done the extra clay on like quick. I did a clay mitt, so it was quick, but I should have just not done it. Yeah. All right. So mine, I've shared the story a couple of times. Mine goes back to an 87 Buick Grand National. And this was a numbered Grand National. This was a specialized vehicle. It was beautiful. And uh, it had actually though, not been so great when it came in because the guy had taken it to a, a shop to get some 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 work done on it and they left it outside the sprinklers hit it so i had single stage paint with water spots all over it Ooh. i had to correct it and coat it had my guys there we were working on it 
they did me a solid. We really worked on what pad combination. We worked, we worked really hard on what are we going to do? And we're finishing it all out. Everything is hours and hours, right? We can all know what do we go into this and it's been hours. And then if you guys know that 87 Grand National has that little hood scoop, and then there's about an two inches between the end of the hood and that little scoop. Now we had done a little work on it, but I go, you know what? I'm going to do this guy solid. I'm going to fully correct that little part because Chris Madcalf had just given me a really great deal on this flex little thing that had this small, you could like put on these little pads and it's a rotary and you can do this really small section with it. So we'd come out of Mobile Tech Expo 2019 Las Vegas, where I had met Nick first time face to face. He came on to an episode. We had a, actually is where we really took over Mobile Tech and began to really do what we wanted to do. We took over a booth and we were the first to start doing these live broadcasts. It was a lot of fun. Metcalf gave me a great deal on this thing. So I go, sweet. Let me go grab it and give this guy a solid. I almost fucked the whole car up using this little rotary tool to where the guy that was working with me had to push the single stage paint back in and refill it so it didn't. And I went, oh, wow. That almost massively, massively backfired on me. The last little spot. Oh, man. And that's not something you can just walk yourself out of. I mean, if you fuck up no. that paint. I sat on a chair like this. Like yeah. I was beating myself up. Yeah. A bo body shop can't fix that original paint. So, mm -mm. Uh, man, that's nerve wracking. Um, so recently we did a an older Nissan Frontier that had sat under a tree for quite some time. And I'll tell you this. I'm at the point where. I'm about to put restrictions on vehicles we touch. Like if the vehicle's over, you know, 10, 12 years old, I don't want to touch it. Uh, don't know if anybody else has ever implemented this type of thing. I know some Harley dealerships implement that because parts are hard to come by. Well, in the same, you know, same instance, we get into older vehicles, older daily drivers, and it's, you know, leather dye is starting to come off, very sensitive to chemicals, whatever. But this thing had sat under a tree for quite some time, had just shy of 200,000 miles on it. As you can imagine, it's covered in green stuff, all the seals, all the window trim, just green shit everywhere, leaves, grime, you name it. Don't forget about the rust. Um, so we, we detailed this thing, did an interior, exterior detail. Was pretty careful with the pressure washer uh, just because of all the rust and stuff like that going on. There was some, uh, so the lady walks in to the shop and she, she didn't pick it up till like 30 minutes after we closed. And she goes, well, I thought you guys would have done a little better job. <laughs> it, Cause it, that was the first thing she said. She opened the door and I said, Hey, how are you? How's it going? Good. I thought you guys would have did a little better job. And I'm like, excuse me. What do you mean? She's like, well, there's still stuff in the fender well. And so I walk outside and there's like in the very rear corner of the front fender, the passenger front fender well, there's like a little bit of grease with some dirt collected on there. Maybe, you know, two inches in diameter, very minor. And I'm like, this lady 
let the whole experience be ruined just because of that. So I go out there with a towel, wipe it off. Problem solved. Then she goes on her spiel about, I hate to go there, but, oh, you know, I'm a good church going person. And, oh, and I'm like, she didn't want to pay. No, no, she ended up, she paid, but, uh, oh, okay. And, and then I, so I keep my dirt bikes in, in our, uh, you know, in our showroom where all the products and stuff are. So they're sitting there on the stand. So it's a good conversation piece. And she's like, can, can I bring my boy in to look at this? <laughs> so, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that was the icebreaker, I guess. But just them fucking people, man. That was. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, West um, Virginians. Apparently, I mean, my God. No, it's like just I, said, people I don't. The truck ain't been on the road in three years, sitting under a tree. You, and we you didn't charge you an outrageous hit over the head amount, and you're not happy with it. You surpassed her budget at twenty dollars. <laughs> Clearly, actually, I don't think she even asked price. I think she just called and said, "Hey, I want to book a detail." Because she mentioned she had reached out two years prior, and so she Listen, called. All I know is, is I I just need to go burn a couch after all that. <laughs> It'll make you want to burn a couch, that's for sure. God. Burn a couch. That's the first time I've heard that. No, it's not. That's what they do. <laughs> Where have you been? You're cooking too much. <laughs> no, it's all they talk about. Um, mine would be, and this has happened multiple times. It's the classic, you know, you go above and beyond for somebody and he just shouldn't say anything. Like we have a truck come in, it's destroyed. It was in for a simple, you know, we do a two-step correction on one of our five years, which isn't, you know, we're not compound, we're not wet sand, we're not doing anything. It's a light polish. And then, you know, we correct the paint best we can for 85 80% clarity. But you go a little further because it's, you know, you got a little extra time that day. It's paint's trashed. Man, I want to make this look good. You go above and beyond. And then you tell the customer you did just so they feel warm, fuzzy. Hey, got a little something extra. Well, I did this. We went in and did a little more for you. And they go, well, I, I still see a scratch there. I still see a scratch there. You guys did all this extra. I still see scratches. It's like, well, damn, I just shouldn't have said anything. I should have just been like, it is what it is and left it alone. But once you start pointing out that you did something extra, now they start looking for extra. And it just becomes a becomes a nightmare majority of the time. <laughs> Brian, do you show them uh, like before pictures with lights on the panel? We take pictures of everything and put it in our, uh, our CRM. So when okay. a car comes in... We take pictures of every panel and stuff like that. And they have access to that. They can log in and see it and everything like that. But they don't care because in, I mean, it, not, not that they don't care. They just don't understand the concept of, I mean, most people think you just put some wax on it, it goes away. I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you. So mm-hmm. for them to understand that I had to explain this customer that you understand you had, uh, you know, thousands of scratches you're finding one or two now out of them all. So if we're doing 80 to 85% correction, you have 15% of those scratches still in the paint, but they don't understand that. They think it's every single one should be out. 
and they can't grasp that. And it's just, it, it sometimes it's just too much for people and you should just stick to be like, we did the bare minimum. You know, this is what it is. <laughs> so that way they don't yeah. complain. You know, because a lot of people just freak out. And, then, and you can see, I mean, we take before pictures and then we take after pictures. We It's all documented. But it, they just, some people expect the world, especially if you say I did extra for you. Yeah, I, I remember I way that. back. We that's why, man, we strictly do one steps at, at my shop. Yeah, we don't do anything above and beyond that. Um, I'm I'm out. Somebody calls me if it's a really roached out thing. Nah, dude. Well, the problem is this this customer literally dropped off the vehicle a Sunday night. He did not talk to anybody at our place about these are the issues I'm worried about. I destroyed my truck. They dropped off on a Sunday night. We started truck on Monday. At no point did we have any discussions about what was looking forward to. And then they come back and say, well, this is this, this, and this is wrong with it. Why would you not talk to a tech or anybody that you have concerns about your paint, but you're telling me you're comfortable just dropping a truck off randomly out of the blue, which most people do. Most people are just cool with it. Like, hey, we'll come in. There's vehicles outside. They're in Dropbox. I mean, everybody's good with it. But if you're so concerned about your paint, but you didn't want to talk to anybody about it and tell them what the problem was with it. But you're going to complain after I told you I did extra. It's it's wild to me how, how people are, but it's, you know, it's not everybody, but it's, it's what it is. <laughs> you can hand out hundred dollar bills all day long at Walmart. Eventually somebody's going to be unhappy with the bill they were dealt. Yeah. <laughs> get to Back. All right. So my story is when I, I'd say like within the first six months of me detailing and I, it's, I wouldn't say going above and beyond. Well, I, yeah, it was something I didn't, the customer didn't ask me to do, but it was also like a learning experience. Like I went outside of, you know, my scope of expertise at that time. Um, so it was the early nineties Honda. It was a basic package and I was on the interior I was uh, wiping out the dash and I had seen some marks on the headliner and me not knowing headliners back in the nineties is a lot different than they are now. Right? <laughs> so I went with a, a soft, soft bristle brush went and then it just started pulling away from it. And then I started chasing it and the more I chased it, the more it sagged. And I was, mm. I, I literally sat on a bench looking at, looking at the car, watching it slowly just start to sag <laughs> more and more. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So, you know, I, you have to make the call, right? You got to tell the customer, right? So I make the call, I tell the customer, I said, hey, I am so sorry, but. You're, I said, your ceiling is falling down. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, he's like, what do you mean? I said, uh, yeah, the, the ceiling is sagging. He goes, I was like, the fabric. He goes, oh, what? What, what happened? And I explained to him. And I was like, no, I promise I'm going to fix this. And so I ended up, I, I went on Yelp and I found like this mobile headliner. I at the time i didn't know it was, a, it was called headliner so I, I put like car ceiling i don't know what i put in there and then i found a mobile guy he came out he fixed it 
I mean, I, I, I went negative on that detail. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But never, never again. Yeah. But the thing about that, that back then, that was a that was a nine thousand dollar car. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. Like stressing about a headliner on a nine thousand dollar car that was retail back in the nineties. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to see what we're working on now, just the pickup trucks, a hundred grand. You know? Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's definitely learning experience and about going above and beyond or stepping outside of your <laughs> yeah i tried to i tried to forget the first headliner i messed up I, i'm still <laughs> still subconsciously trying to fight it I'm, I'm still trying to find a way from it because that was a horrible experience for me too i, I can remember which is why i'm trying to find it <laughs> <laughs> i remember one of my very first like details for money when my uncle was referring me to his neighbors and I was doing a wash and interior for like $70 or something um, and spending like five hours on it. Good times at, you know, age 19 or whatever it was. Um, I said, hey, neighbor, you want Rain-X on your windows? Yeah, sure. I did something wrong or whatever and it hazed up and it looked like somebody smeared frosting or something on the windows. And it, oh, no. Yep. We, I didn't know at that time you can just polish a window right up with a polisher and just go for it or, or rub some compound on it and it'll pretty much clean that window off whatever, with, or, or whatever. So I'm just sitting there with like every chemical I had at the time when I knew nothing about what I was doing. All right, does this work? Does this work? And eventually ended up on just straight undiluted simple green on the stooge windows. <laughs> Damn. And I had to tell him, I'm like, hey man, this rain next didn't work. You had to take it off. Sorry. And he's like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, hey, I just threw some in your windshield washer fluid and we'll be good to go. Right. Well, that's the way to do it. Guys, so much fun. Thanks so much for having a beer with me. Great conversation. Everybody in the community got a lot out of it. Thank you for your time. Thanks for everything you guys do. I really do appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Dustin, especially the, uh, well, the way you impersonated the West Virginians tonight. That was, that was classic. <laughs> definitely awesome. Yeah, definitely. Brian, it. thanks for letting me pick your brain on your customers and the way you deal with them. Cooking with Nick, everybody can go to it's underscore grooms or Hyperclean Specialist Group and see the uh, the wonderful smash burger that he had. Akika, man, pleasure. Uh, next time, no, never. But eventually sometime I'll have a beer. One day, one day, my brother, one day. One, one and day maybe sure. a, Maybe one day we'll do a little surfing together. I hope so, I hope so. All right, boss. Derek, uh, great tab out question. As everybody knows, they can go to Hyperclean Specialist Group. You'll post the photo, and uh, they can put in their comments and their answers. Nick and I will pick the winner, and we'll send them a Hyperclean uh, pint glass so they can enjoy a nice cold beer. So, it's guys, thanks now, for so. An definitely. Thanks for another great episode. Here's the community, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you so much. See you, guys. Peace. Hey, community. What a great episode. Fun having all the guys on talking about everything that goes on in their world, everything in car care. 
So you want to get a pint glass? Say, go up to the Hybrid Clean Specialist Group. Come on, it's fun. Hop in, make a comment on Derek's post about the tab out question. Let's hear what you have to say. Come on, let's get involved. Let's be a part. And who knows? Maybe we'll send you a pint glass. Hi, this is Marshall. I hope you make it a great day.